You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well. The interview subject I've got coming up for you is one of Aussie's guitarists, Gus G. The reason for the chat with Gus is to talk up his band, Firewind, and the new album. It's a self-titled affair, which will be released on the 15th of May 2020. It's very, very good, it must be said. Gosh, I could use more superlatives than that, but if you love traditional heavy metal, and I'm not talking about power metal, but traditional heavy metal stylings, think Iron Maiden, even Aussie's uh, 80s stuff, man, Firewind certainly bring it. Of course they do because they've got Gus in the band. So here he is, Gus G from Firewind. Oh, good, mate. You've been busy, I know that. So how have the phone calls been going with the Australian media type types? Uh, really good so far. I think I have six or seven from Australia today. It's a lot, isn't it? And yeah. it's... It's a lot. I have not done so much press in Australia. Probably never. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I rarely do press down for, for Australia. I don't know why. Um, but um, maybe this is a good sign. Maybe people are excited about the album. So I think they yeah. are, mate. Yeah, um, and I think, I think you become like, yeah, I think most people know you through Aussie in Australia, but more people are catching on to the fact that you've had Firewind for many years prior to joining Aussie, and it's really been your main vehicle as a musician. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it takes time, right? I mean, it, it's, it's only, we've only been doing it for 20 years, so, <laughs> so, so it, takes, it takes some time, you know, and I mean, we were there. We played there once with Firewind like yeah. uh, seven years ago. I remember, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Were you there at any show or? I wasn't. I was. It was. A, it was a period of my life, mate, where I'd completely tuned out of heavy metal. I must confess. And okay, um, I was just busy with work and stuff like that. But I remember I was getting the street press. Remember the magazines that we used to buy, and or, or that were for free in, in Australia, at least anyway. And I remember seeing that you were touring, and I've always been a massive Aussie fan. Or I've always been a massive fan of Aussie's guitarists. I'll be clear about this. You know, J.K. Lee. Oh, okay, cool. You cool. guys, you know, yourself, Zach. I've had a chat to Zach, Bob Daisley in the past, mate, you know. So I, I knew who you were from that. And, of course, when I saw Firewind and then they had to listen to you guys, I thought, shit, this is actually a really good band. And I think I need to get into this a bit more. But I think you've really done a great job with this self-titled album. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, – I, I – um... I'm getting a really good feedback on this, and I'm I'm happy because I went through hell to make it happen. Really? <laughs> so, Why is that? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, but in the end, we we managed to to uh, we managed it. You know, we. Um, I mean, it was it was the kind of album where it was like make it or break it. It was like we started making it, and then the band was falling apart, and, and oh, yeah. in the midst of all this, mm. and then like. I had to make the important decision, like whether do we continue now or do we split up? Like, and I go do something else, like solo records or whatever. And um, mm. it was like that that bad at some point. And uh, but we we managed, man. And uh, you know, it's it's a rewarding feeling when you come out, you know, come through the other side. So and you're like, okay, now we made this album and it's kind of resonating now. It's it, we were getting really good feedback. I mean, I, I this is a the first, I mean, probably the the album that, the first Firewind album that I'm getting so much excitement from press for once. Uh, I mean, we always had, you know, the, mm. you know the usual press and all that, but now it feels like it's genuine. I'm hearing a lot of yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing a lot of good things, which is uh, I wasn't used to it, and I'm I've started thinking, 
maybe this is actually either really good or it probably sucks in a way. <laughs> well, no, I think it's I think it's great because if I was going to describe what you've done across the album, the eleven cuts on the album. I'd say that you've taken painkiller and beefed up the heavy metal factor on it, and then you personally have done something similar to what Glenn did with the solos on that album, but you've taken them to their extreme conclusion. And that's not at all to say that you sound like Glenn or even even painkiller or priest, I should say. But Firewind, you know, the DNA and the spirit and the attitude, they're all there similar to what was on painkiller, if you know what I'm saying. So it's a, This it, is a very interesting... Um... A very interesting a, a, a parallelism that you're doing there with mm. uh, like I, I I know what you mean like how priest was uh, pre painkiller and after like post painkiller right that was like that yeah. was like their new they came out with painkiller with all this fucking crazy double bass and this amazing production and Absolutely. then this they all all of a sudden it became so heavy and so like I don't know I know what you mean like. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, thanks, urgent. it's a big compliment. It's urgent. It's bikers music. It's serious stuff. What you're doing here is very serious, man. And I, I can't stand it when music doesn't sound serious, to be honest with you. Like nothing against Steel Panther, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I even, I've been in, I've been in a room when those guys have been in there partying and they're lovely guys. Seriously, they're good guys. But, yeah. but it's not my yeah, thing. I like serious music and you, this is very serious music, you know, but I mean, you, you must, you must feel, and I kind of think this would be the case for you after the conversation we've just had that out of all of the Firewind albums, Firewind albums, finally, this is the album to do it for you. Uh, I'm getting that feeling too, man. I'm, um, and it's a little bit of a shame that we have to (laughs) endure this pandemic now. (laughs) Like, like, you know, it's like you get this feeling where, oh my God, this is the one. I I, I truly feel that. I'm like, mm. I was like, because I, after I, I, I got to be honest with you, once we were done with the production, I was like so fed up with everything and like so, I had second guessed myself so many times. I, of course, I believed in the album, but I uh, I had um, second guessed so many things and uh, I. <sighs> I was like, well, is this any good? I, I think I asked a couple of friends of mine in the press here in Greece, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I gave it to um, to my manager, the guy who does stuff here for me locally. And I was like, well, mm. I don't know. Like, what do you think? Does this suck or is this good? Or I don't know. I don't know. Like anymore, it's like I don't know. Uh, and um, and then all this press thing started, and, and it was like everybody that I was talking to, like 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 similar stuff, like what you're telling me, like. Mm. Dude, this is like the one. Like, uh, and I'm like, fuck, this is the one. And now it's like, oh no, we cannot tour. <laughs> we cannot. Yeah. Like this was no. going. This was going to be the album that I feel would elevate the band to the next level, so to speak. You know, like the next. Yeah, great. The next yeah. thing. Mm. Yeah, and uh, and I mean, it, it will be really bad timing for that now, like on the live front. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, it's it won't be too late next year. So let's see. It's a pain, yeah, this buddy COVID-19 thing for all of the reasons that we already know. But from a musical perspective, I totally agree with you. And I had a conversation with Ross Friedman, you know, Ross the Boss from Manowar a couple of weeks back. And he's got a cracking new album out too called Born of Fire. And it's very similar to yours in terms of the sound and the urgency. It's no bullshit. It's, It's just face melting. It's right there. But I do feel exactly what you just said, man. I think and I've got to, I'll be quite honest with you, man. I just think a lot of people are going to miss out on it because I think you're one of those guitarists that people want to turn up and see. You're a rock star. You're like Bill Hudson and these guys out there, man. Like people want to watch you perform. 
and to make that connection with the music, it needs to be done through performance. So have you thought about, I mean, you may have already done this. I haven't done a lot of research about it, but you know, those videos that are out there, have you thought about doing a lot of play alongs and that sort of thing? Cause I'd really hate for this album to fall through the cracks. Yeah, no, I've, I've done like a playthrough already, like a, like tutorial videos and playthroughs. And um, I will be doing, I mean, content is key right now in such you know, in these situations. Yeah. So we will we will keep the content flowing. It's not like we put it at the album out and wait for a miracle to happen. You have to work for it. So mm. if we cannot go on, on on tour right now and we, it has to wait for like 10 or 12 months, then, you know, we, um, we'll we do other things, you know. We'll, uh, we'll put out more videos or lyric videos or we'll put out like playthroughs or, you know. It's not the same thing as like going to a venue, of course, and seeing the band live, but, um, but uh, we'll try to keep it interesting and keep in touch with the people to, you know, basically make people aware that hey uh this thing is out now this is what's happening and um yeah and uh i mean you know when when everything resumes and i mean this is not only hurting fire it's hurting the whole touring industry and all the bands Hmm. small or big i don't care who you are it's hurting everybody so um but yeah i mean there will come a time where we will be able to go back out and do this again you know Hmm. yeah well look i mean i actually feel as though you have, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass here when I say this, so I, I feel as though you have very few guitar-playing peers in the world because you are so incredibly accomplished. And I, I actually feel like as though you've held back a bit on this album compared to some of your other stuff that I've heard from the past. And you're really all about serving the song well. And that's, I think, if I was really going to, if I was going to refine my point, that's what it would be, is that your guitar-playing, you're so accomplished, you can shred and you can do all of the Marty Friedman stuff, we know that. But you're actually playing for the song specifically on this album here so how did how did the band collaborate and how did you write material this time around hmm interesting i i actually think that i uh i mean i always served the song i mean that was always my goal hmm. um as a matter of fact i think on this album maybe i uh played a little bit more than usual uh i don't right? think i played less <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel i don't know maybe 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 you're, you feel, maybe you feel that because okay the songs are well crafted and well uh, well arranged hmm. uh, because it's it's you know it's not just about the guitar playing it's you know it's about it is about the song and it is about having a hook hook line and you know we have a really good singer who's uh, you know taking an equal spotlight on this record and you know his talent also shines you know and, hmm. so I mean for me writing the album it was like honestly it was like business as usual like we you know because when i started writing the music it was still the old lineup without lineup changes and stuff and i was like like in my mind i was going into making the next fire album like like i would do and um sure there was this a little bit of this um nervousness between the band like okay because the previous album immortals were was well received and it was our first mm-hmm. concept album and there was a little bit of that should we continue with this kind of like epic metal type of concept stuff or what do we do? Like, what, what do we do next? Like we did this concept record for the first time and it worked. And, um, and, uh, you know, I realized that, well, it's not really going to play out like that. I, I wasn't feeling the material was going to shape to be like immortals again. And I just basically followed my, my instinct and my gut feeling. And I just, wrote the the best riffs that i could write and um i realized that early on that there was going to be variety on this album that was a mm-hmm. the key word like like you would go from, okay, from heavy go. metal stuff to 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 hard rock stuff you know to 
you know, stuff that, I mean, we've done in the past too. We've touched upon on albums like Allegiance and stuff, but we hadn't done in years and years. So I'm like, well, maybe in a way it's a return to form, but, you know, also kind of like with a fresh approach. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. It's that variety and that variation on it. Yeah, I, I agree with your comments. I, I didn't, if it came across as like saying you weren't playing for the song before, you always have. I want to be clear about that. But I, I feel like with a guitarist like yourself who could practically do anything you want to do, it always sounds like as though you're having to restrain yourself a little bit because there's that temptation to want to shred over everything, like a Michelangelo sort of a setup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But for that, I would have to put out a, an instrumental album at some point. I think that's long overdue because even on my solo records i have vocals so not there's not much instrumentals so yeah. at some point that will happen too but uh but you know firewind is a band that has a certain sound and style so i, I know what you mean yeah it's not it's not like they're going to be solos from start to finish because mm. there is a singer and there is a structure there yeah mm. look there is is there a riff or a solo on the album that you you'd like to single out for special praise that you're really proud of Oh, good question. Um, I don't know. I'm proud of the whole thing, man. It's uh, it's hard to say. I uh, I, I really like the, you know, I really like uh, "Welcome to the Empire," the opening track. Um, yeah, I'm proud of that. I think that's a, that's a, one of the, the really strong moments of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, "Rising Fire" is a cool song. Very catchy. Very heavy. Um, I don't know. Hard to say, man. It's like I, yeah, I'm, I, I like all the stuff I did um, on on it. Rising Fire, I agree with you. I've only had a couple of listens to the album. I must confess, like three or four, but with headphones, so I've absorbed it. But Rising Fire, yeah, I'm with you on that one there. I love it when you when you bring the heavy and, you know, I, I've got to ask this question too, mate. Do you feel as though Firewind at this point in time, you know, it's, it's been going for twenty years. You certainly did the Aussie thing, which is where a lot of people. In Western in Western markets, probably recognise you, but do you feel as though Firewind gets enough recognition as a standalone band these days? Uh, honestly, I look, and I don't want to sound like a cunt or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, like I I think we're a little bit of a, an underrated band. Yeah, I think great. the band could yeah. have. I th- I think the band could have been bigger than what it is. Uh, on the other hand. We've had lots of reasons, all the reasons of the world that this band could have gone to hell with all these, you know, members coming and going and a hiatus for five years in between. So, so like on the flip side is like, we should thank, you know, whoever it is, we, you know, we should thank God or whatever, thank our fans that we still have them and that we are still here. And, you know, we've even reached this level, you know, that, yeah, uh, this is a band that is, you know, not not a big band, but like established to a certain level, and there is an international recognition, and there is an inter- a, a fan base worldwide. Not a big one, but there, but it is, it, it exists, and it's stuck with us for almost twenty years now. So, you know, there's like two sides of the coin. Are we underrated? Should we be bigger? I, I think, yeah, we definitely should. We should be, uh, you know, we should be. Uh, playing bigger venues and which I think the band, I think everybody, every musician you will ask, they will tell you the same about their band, you know? So everybody thinks their band should be bigger and everybody thinks their band should be headlining festivals or whatever, or playing higher up there on Mm. the bill. But uh, then again, you know, we're a very troubled band too at the same time. So, um, 
sometimes I understand why things went the way they went, you know, because mm. uh, in a way we also brought it to ourselves, yeah. Is that just internal issues like beast between band members, that sort of thing? Can you talk about that, like some of the issues that you mentioned a few times through the conversation? I think I think it's just like, I don't know what to say. I think it's probably me making a choices that were not successful for band members in the past especially singers uh don't get me wrong we have had some of the best fucking heavy metal singers in this band mm. all of them were super talented and that's why i always asked them to join the band you know but uh mm. that, that that didn't mean that they were the right choices because and i've said this before like you know having talent or being a great performer or a great musician or whatever is it's not the only thing it takes to have a successful career in music. Uh, this is just like the, the, the beginning, like one part of the equation, maybe like 20% or 30% of it. Like you need to want this, you know, with, with all that comes with it, the good and the bad stuff, you know, like, so you need to love the traveling life, you know, you yeah. need to be able to, to, uh, yeah, it's like, you have to make available for it. It's, it's a big commitment being in a band, you know, you, um, you can't do this. You can't get into this because it doesn't guarantee you you're gonna be rich or you're gonna make money. So it's like there's, and you know there you have to be you have to be strict and follow a certain strategy if you're gonna make like a five year plan. We're gonna start this and we this is where we're aiming to end with you know within this time frame, like in order to achieve results, like any business, you know you need to set goals and and have a strategy how to achieve those goals. So it's not just like oh I wrote. A cool riff, yeah. The world is gonna love it. Like, no. Like, why? You know? <laughs> mm, yeah. So, so I've made choices in the past that maybe they were not like they were people that were you know maybe looking at this for a hobby or something that they wanted to do for a little while, um, and maybe I didn't sense th things right or yeah. So mm. I I think this has been the biggest struggle for us like uh and unfortunately those people have primarily been the singers uh, like usually like uh you know a bass player will leave or a drummer and then it's, it's not much drama you know but i mean funnily enough our rhythm section has been the most stable of all and people <laughs> and those guys never get the credit for that they should yeah. you know that because they stuck with it. like petros has been in the band for since the beginning basically Shit. and and mm. and johan our drummer has been around for nine years that's a long time you know but but we can't keep a damn singer for more like than three or four years. So yeah. So does has that hurt the band? Yes, it has, of course. Um, but um, I always think like, well, it's worth another shot. It's worth another shot. And if I have the right material in my hands, I think it's worth a shot. And I think, hmm. for example, this album is a, a good proof of that because it it is it is getting some buzz right now. Hmm. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Look, I reckon, and and for the second time I say this, I'm not just saying this or blowing smoke up your ass because I'm talking to you, but I reckon you're my second favourite guitarist for Aussie. You're just behind J.K. Lee. And you're the oh, player, really? Yeah, you're the player that was as closest to him out of anybody there. Alec, Zach has always done his own thing. Alex Skolnick was only there for a couple of live shows. You know, the list goes on. I've spoken to Zach too. Zach's fantastic too, by the way. But uh, your guitar playing, just the way you're phrasing, because I'm a musician, I'm a guitarist and bass player as well. So I'm okay. I'm big on phrasing, and I listen very carefully, especially with headphones on. Close my eyes, and your live performances with Aussie were impeccable. 
And I've had a chat to Bob Daisley, Zach, Alex Skolnick, and now I'm chatting to you about their whole Aussie experience. And when I was talking to Alex, I mentioned that working with Aussie must have been like dealing with a placid ocean that could turn into a tempest rather quickly, which he agreed with. Is that your experience as well? What, what was that? What was that uh, comparison? Come uh, again? Like a like a very calm ocean that could turn into a tempest or a tsunami very quickly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... No, I think that those were different times too. You, I mean, that was probably Aussie that was intoxicated the whole time. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, those were different different times. I mean, the, the 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 Aussie that I got to know was like, you know, when I joined, he was sixty years old and he was sipping on his tea and sitting down there and telling stories, and we were yeah. all having a laugh. Mm. So and it was all very relaxed, very very relaxed, very cool, no pressure. I think the most of the pressure was created by the people around him not from him you know like it was it was always like i remember when he was arriving at rehearsal there was like all these assistants like well 10 minutes now they're making a turn a right turn to that like he'll be here in five minutes oh no he stopped up for a piss everybody get ready i'm like what, what's all this fucking <laughs> you know why is everybody like on their toes i mean okay i understand they're they're getting paid to to be there and, and have a role but I'm like okay it's it's the rehearsal you know like we're all here we've been here for two hours like fucking playing the set list already for five mm. times so so i mean but he was a, such a chill guy you know like really cool so was sharon really cool with me always like they they took care of me it was great so yeah so for me it was it was great it was it was a wonderful experience like um so and so i don't know i mean you know like i, I guess for Ozzy, for that band, like, you know, in the 80s, I'm sure it was a different situation. It started out differently. It became a different thing. And, you know, you have to, you know, in the 2010s, it was a different thing, you know, like, hmm. it was a big change for them too as well, you know, uh, whatever, like, you know, putting Zach on ice for a while and then get, bringing in a new guy. Mm -hmm. They didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know anything about that world either. You know, I just came from the club scene playing with my own band and all of a sudden, you know, I didn't know how to be a hired gun. I was it was it was never a thing I did, you know. So hmm. I did it briefly with Arch Enemy in 2005 for a tour, and I, I decided, okay, that's not for me. This this world, you know. I, I like to be in, I like to be the artist. I like to be the guy who calls my own shots. So, mm -hmm. you, um, so you, anyways, I mean, but have you ever had that feedback before? Because you're literally the only guitarist outside of Jake that I've heard playing killer of giants and shot in the dark correctly and you know what i mean when i say that because you've played it correctly but killer of giants is incredibly hard to get right but you nailed it thank you yeah i mean even uh, I've, nobody will ever ever nail it like the uh, the guy who wrote it which is jakey lee but um i did my best that uh, there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a thing with that song in me yeah, because uh, yeah, it was like one of, but it's one of those things where i grew up with that and um I remember my guitar teacher bringing me the chords to that and teaching me part by part all that acoustic intro back then when I was like 16 or something, you know, and uh, hmm. it was like, it's like part of my um, musical education, if you, if you like. And um, when I, I suggested once to Ozzy, I said, dude, this, this song, I mean, <laughs> that's a fucking diamond. We should play that. And I mean, I was surprised that one day I just saw it in that set list and we started rehearsing it and. I was like, wow, I, it was like, I don't know, almost like a, like my, like a childhood dream come true. Like, oh, we're actually going to get to play this. 
I thought it wouldn't pass the rehearsals, but we actually kept it for the whole world tour. It was um, just a beautiful song, man. Great song. It gives me it gives me tingles watching it. it. Makes my spine tingle actually watching you play it, man. There's so many fan film videos out there, as I'm sure you've seen on YouTube, but you just get it right, and it's so important to old fans like myself. And and what about Never? Was there ever conversations about performing Never? Because that's actually my favourite all time Aussie track. Sorry, which one? Never. So it's about the middle of track track five on the ultimate sin. Uh, no. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Wait, I have to, I have to look at that. Check it Ultimate out. Ultimate Sin. Yeah, it was written by Bob, Bob Daisley, because I've had a chat to Bob about it, so I know what the lyrics wait, wait, are wait. about. Never know why. Okay. No, it's uh, it's called Never. So there's Never Know Why, and there's uh, Never. A few tracks down. Have a listen to it afterwards. You'll know what I mean. Have a listen to it, and then yeah, listen to the lyrics. I don't know why I haven't heard that song. I know this album like inside out. I don't know why. <laughs> Was it like not released here in Greece? <laughs> oh, it might not have been, yeah. But it's it's just got it's got such a perfect vocal cadence to marry up with Jake's very Dude, jagged rhythm. You're not gonna bit. believe it. I had that vinyl. I had that vinyl since I was a kid, and the last song on side A was "Thank God for the Bomb." That's really weird, isn't it? So there's no never. That's fucked up. No. <laughs> Mate, you would love that track if you hear it. It's it's perfect for you and you're, the way you play the guitar. Wow, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, do you get do you get a lot of feedback from from fans like myself who really know Ozzy's music that you are an extremely accomplished player and that you really you, you serve the songs beautifully? I get that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean the. the for the you know, people like you who are like really into the music and they know their stuff and um, I, I get some stuff like that but uh, you know I, I also got a lot of I had a lot of naysayers too you know I mean not not telling me straight to my face nobody has ever done that hmm. but you know online you see stuff obviously that you know it's you know it, it goes both ways it's the same like I think um, it's such a it, it's such a hierarchy of you know in, the, in, in that band like the hierarchy of the guitar players of Ozzy. You know you just like you know Randy is the king you know and then everybody else goes like yeah. it's down the gets in line for that after that you know so and of course I'm the I'm the last guy on that on that list and I and I get it you know I get it so um, so and I remember talking to uh, Kevin Cherko the producer when we were doing Scream in the studio and I said. Mm. Dude, it's like it's some one day I said, look, I'll probably go down in history as like his worst guitar player. And he goes, yeah. He said, maybe. He said, but you would, we will be at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a so, hell of a thing to say. Yeah, I mean, Kevin's you know, a good guy too, so I'm sure he meant well. Yeah. But yeah. No, he said. He said. He said. No, he actually said, I don't think so. But even if that's the case, at least you were one of them. So yeah. I mean, what a great thing. In, in the end, like, okay. You're like one of those guys there, you know. Sure, you're gonna be maybe down the list, of course. You can... I mean, it's yeah. kind of funny. Like Zach Wilde is the longest-serving guitar player there, and he's done so many classics with him. But you're, still, you're, fans the, you're will the second. Pr- you're the second longest-serving guitarist for Ozzy. I hope you know that. Yes, yes, I know that. Yeah. Second longest-serving <laughs> guitarist. Yeah, people don't realize that you've been around second. I mean, people, you know, the Church of Randy. I get it. It's like the Church of Cliff Burton for bass players, or not even bass players. It's fans, music, us musicians. We know, yeah. okay, and I'm not heaping shit on Randy or Cliff Burton at all, but Randy had his thing, and it was great, 
but it was, you know, it's to taste, isn't it? He became deified like Kurt Cobain did after he died. I doubt very sincerely, and this is nothing against the man and his legacy, they would have become the icon that he's become if he hadn't died. He would have just been another guitarist in Ozzy Osbourne's pantheon of works, if you know what I'm saying. But because he died, and it was really Bob that wrote a lot of those songs, though, I must say. I've spoken to Bob about this, so I know that. Randy did come up with a lot of the riffs, but Bob really arranged everything, and if it wasn't for Bob, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, Lee Kerslake as well, I must right, say. Right, I know what you mean. You know what I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've spoken I know, I, know, I, I know what you mean. That Yeah, I mean, I think back then it was probably more like a band, real band effort, even up until, like, albums like No More Tears. I think Bob was involved in that heavily as well. He wrote all the lyrics, yeah, exactly. Um, bass line. A, lot, a lot of lyrics, yeah, except, yeah. except like, some songs that um, Lemmy wrote, but... Um, yeah, my mom coming home, I think, and stuff like that. But mm. um, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Like in, in that sense, like it was a different thing. And, and also, you have to realize that, like when I joined, it was also a different thing. It was not a band, you know. Like and you know, Ozzy after in the, in the mid '90s and afterwards, he started collaborating with producers and outside writers, and and that's cool, man. He's a solo artist, you know. He he should be entitled to do that. You know, mm. it doesn't mean that he needs to have. I never saw it like, does he need to have a certain guitar player? Look, that guy's a megastar. He can have anybody in the world, whoever he wants, to play for him. You know what I mean? Hmm. So so you have to always look at this back and feel, think like, this is the greatest thing that ever happened. And, you know, I think personally for myself thinking like, I got the all I could get out of that. And I think he gave me all he could out of that, you know, with hmm. his... He truly did. He truly did try to help me. You know, when we were on tour, he would shout my name, get the whole fucking arena screaming my name every night when he would present me. Like that's cool. Yeah, that's the great. guy really tried to. He told me like after this is done, he told me like hopefully five hundred of these motherfuckers can come and see you if you play a club. Like hopefully people will know who you are. You deserve that. You know? So he really tried. You know. That's lovely to hear, mate, because I know it's not always been like that. As, you, as you've, you've read what I've read and you've heard Jake talk and Bob talk and Lee Kerslake talk, they, they've shit on other band members in the past, but not you. And I'm really happy for you that that hasn't happened to me because you didn't deserve that. Yeah, I'm, I've, 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 read, I've read a lot of stories. And like I said, I, it's, it's hard for me to relate to that because I did not have those experiences with, with the Osbournes. Mm. And um, then again, you know, the 80s was a different time. Um, yeah, um, yeah. maybe maybe the, those the, you know the the structure was different then. There, then there's always the case that maybe you know like you know you have to understand also you're uh, you're working for a you're a sideman for for a you know he's a star not you so mm. so nothing against anybody here but I don't know what they were told when they were joined the band but I was cl- clearly told what the role is what we should be doing and I was fine with that mm. so it's it's like a situation I always say and I say this to 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 the you know if somebody plays for me in my solo band like look man you know we, we want you to play drums or we want you to play bass and we want you to do this and this like can you do that it's like you know what i mean it's like i i you know we don't we don't want you to write the songs or we don't want you to to uh to make the decision if we should take this tour or not you know leave that to to me and the manager or whoever you know mm, yeah yeah i get it yeah i totally get it yeah Mate, it's, I think our time is up, unfortunately. God, I could keep talking for hours, yeah, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I got the next but, one. So, um, Look, I want to thank you so much, mate, for, for the interview. Uh, it's been awesome to finally chat to you. You can tell I'm a fan, not just of your work in Aussie, but I do love Firewind as well and your solo stuff. And, mate, long may you continue to be an epic guitarist, bringing shredding to the world. <laughs> thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks <laughs> for the support. No worries, Gus. All the best, brother. All the best. Bye-bye. Thanks, mate. You have been listening 
to the one and only Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Gus G. Of course, his band is Firewind. He's a solo artist, and many of you know him through Ozzy Osbourne. Thanks for listening. <laughs>